we welcome you to the Tabernacle Podcast, brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit our website, tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. You can find other sermons like this one on Apple Podcast, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. It is our prayer that God has used this message to be an encouragement to your heart. If you'd find your Bible, if you have it with you, I'd ask you to join me in 2 Kings chapter 19. You can hold your place there and maybe find 2 Chronicles chapter 29. 2 Kings chapter 19. If you don't have your Bible with you, maybe you have your phone. It's got an app on it or there's Bibles in the seat in front of most of you. But we're going to read a lengthy passage of Scripture tonight. It's going to be a long runway, but a quick takeoff and landing. So, it's okay. Most people, they say, you know, God really laid this message on my heart, this character Hezekiah. But the fact is, last time I spoke or I preached, R.J. Starn said to me, the next time you preach, you should preach on Hezekiah. <laughs> now, I thought that was a very kind way of saying, look, that didn't cut it. You, but you should try something else. <laughs> so, R.J., I did see R.J. come in here, but he's already stepped out, see? He, where is he? All right, wave at me. Oh, there he is right there. I love R.J. Starnes. And uh, he reminds me of my own father in about every way. And uh, that's, that's great. But I appreciate it, R.J. So you said that to me. So I, I, next time, next time uh, they said you're going to do something, it was Hezekiah. And I've enjoyed it. I'm sure you won't enjoy as much as I have. But I have enjoyed it. Hezekiah. Now, this is, we are in the middle of teacher in service, and school is starting here in a few days. So we're going to take a quiz in just a moment. Relax, because I'm going to show you how real teachers make sure every student makes an A. I'm going to show you, because that is what good teachers do. Make sure every student makes an A, because it makes the teacher look good. All right? So Hezekiah. Who is this Hezekiah guy? Well, you'll remember, you'll remember that God spoke to Abraham, leave her of the Chaldees, I'm going to make of you a great nation. So that was back in Genesis chapter 12. So Abraham did, he followed God. And then Isaac, Jacob, and then Joseph as the centuries move on. And Joseph got sent to Egypt. And was there, they, the children of Israel, they multiplied, they grew. He brought his family there. And it looks like when you're into end of Genesis, Exodus that God's plan is a little thwarted. Because they're, they're stuck. God's people, Israel, is stuck in Egypt. Well, then God touches the heart of Moses. And he says, lead my, lead my children, lead my people out. And so Moses does. And most of you know the story, are familiar with it. And Moses leading the children of Israel out. And then Joshua. And then after Joshua died, then we have the judges. And the judges ruled God's people. And there came a point when God's people said, we want a king like everybody else has a king. Silly, isn't it? But that's kind of how we are sometimes. They said, we want a king like everyone else has a king. 
So here's the quiz. It's a short three-question quiz. I'm confident you can do well because it's multiple choice. Some people call it multiple guess. But we'll say it's multiple choice. So do you know who the first king of Israel was? Oh, don't answer yet. I've got to give you your choices. Is it A, Adam? Or B, Peter? Or C, Saul? Class? Good. C, Saul. Very good. All right. Question number two. Saul ruled 40 years. We've been, pastors, the pastor's been preaching through these, these lives out of Saul a long time ago. Then came the second king of Israel. So question number two, who was the second king of Israel? And if you're attending our church on Sunday morning, you got a good clue here. But not, all, not every student attends our church on Sunday morning. Okay, so multiple choice. Is it A, Adam, B, Peter, or C, David. Class? Excellent. Everybody's doing well today. All right? And then David ruled 40 years, 33 years in Hebron, seven years in the combined nation. Now we come to the third king of Israel after David's reign. Is it, question number three, is it A, Adam, B, Peter, or C, Solomon. Tricky. Good. 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 But do you recall what happened after that? What happened? The kingdom split. That's right. Tragic. Tragic. Jeroboam and Rehoboam, two sons of Solomon. And the kingdom was divided. Do you recall? You could look at a map in the back of your Bible, in the flyleaf of your Bible. And Jeroboam took the, took the northern tribes called Israel, capital in Samaria. And Rehoboam took the southern tribes, Judah, capital of Jerusalem. Okay, you with me now? That's where we find ourselves in history. The kingdom is split. It's rent, civil, civil war. The northern kings, the northern uh, tribes, Israel, they had the name Israel. They're in the northern part of what we refer to as the Holy Land. They never had one good king. Never one In a line of about 15 or 17 of them. I was reading through a list today and the author, the author was describing them. And it was hideous, worse, worse yet to come, idolatrous. I mean, the whole list of them. The southern kingdom, Judah, did a little better in terms of its leadership. About half and half. This is where we find Hezekiah. The 13th king in the line of kings in Judah. Pretty good ways down. Hezekiah. And Hezekiah began to reign when he was 25 years old. His dad was not good. 
Ahaz. He was terrible, as a matter of fact. His dad shut down the temple, nailed the doors closed. Not good. I was thinking, I wonder where Hezekiah got it. Did he attend Sunday school somewhere? Did somebody? I wonder where he got it. He didn't get it from his dad. So he didn't use that for an excuse. And Hezekiah, by most accounts, by most accounts, by the account of God's word, God's word says that he was the greatest king in all of Judah. The Bible says there was none after him or before him that were greater than him in all the land of Judah. He started reigning when he was, 20, reigning when he was 25. He reigned for 29 years, had a remarkable life. And we find, we find a number of accounts about King Hezekiah in 2 Kings and in 2 Chronicles. I'll, I'll turn our attention first to 2 Kings chapter 18. And we'll find this king, Hezekiah. Second Kings chapter 18, if you don't mind, we'll turn back a page. Now it came to pass in the third year of Hosea, son of Elah, king of Israel, that Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz, king of Judah, began to reign. Now, hold on there just one moment. He just begins to reign. Now, in our account in 2 Kings, we're going to jump forward. As a matter of fact, when we get over to verse 13 of 2 Kings chapter 18, it says, Now in the 14th year of King Hezekiah, so time moved pretty quickly. Well, what happened early on? Hold your place right there, if you will, for just a moment. Hold your place and turn to 2 Chronicles, just for a moment. 2 Chronicles chapter 29. 2 Chronicles chapter 29. Now, Hezekiah has begun to reign. He's 25 years old. Hezekiah, cha um, Hezekiah chapter 29. 2 Chronicles chapter 29. It says, Hezekiah began to reign when he was 5 and 20 years old. And he reigned 9 and 29 years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Abijah, daughter of Zechariah. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that David his father had done. Talking about King David. That's referred to often as, as their father. He wasn't his immediate father, but Ahaz was father. But you see in verse 3 of 2 Chronicles chapter 29, in my Bible, it has a little heading. It says, the revival under Hezekiah. The revival. Now, you find the same thing in 2 Kings, but not to this detail. So in the first year in his reign, the first year, he's 25 years old. He takes the throne after his father, a, a reprobate by every, every definition of the word. The people had left God completely. Hezekiah ascends to the throne, and in the very first year of his reign, the very first year, he initiates revival. And he brought in the priests and the Levites and gathered them together into the east street and saith unto them, Hear me, ye Levites, sanctify now yourselves and sanctify the house of the Lord your God. Carry forth the filthiness out of this holy place. Look in verse 20, if you will. The temple, temple worship was restored. Hezekiah the king rose early and gathered the rulers of the city and went up to the house of the Lord. And they brought seven bullocks and seven rams and seven lambs and seven he-goats for a sin offering for the kingdom and for the sanctuary and for Judah. His first year, he's trying to restore, trying to see revival come to his land. Look in chapter 30, the preparations for the Passover. That had all been left aside. 
And Hezekiah, 25 years old, following the reign of his father, and he institutes these things. Look at verse, look at verse 7, chapter 30 and verse 7, Second Chronicles. And be, not like your, be ye not like your fathers and like your brethren which trespassed against the Lord God of their fathers, who therefore gave them up to desolation as ye see. Now be ye not stiff-necked as your fathers were, but yield yourselves unto the Lord and enter into his sanctuary, which he has sanctified forever. And serve the Lord your God, that the fierceness of his wrath may turn. This is a fiery young man, would you say? And I don't imagine everybody was on board but he was getting something done. First years of his reign. The Passover kept, if you keep turning in, in verse 15 of chapter 30. Chapter 31, 2 Chronicles. The idols were destroyed. Now when all this was finished, all Israel that were present went out to the cities of Judah and break the images in pieces and cut down the groves and threw down the high places and the altars out of Judah and Benjamin and Ephraim also and Manasseh until they had utterly destroyed them all. Wow. Further reforms continued, and he, he starts having people bring offerings to the Lord. And uh, this is, this is a, a bit appropriate for the time we are in our ministry here. Look in verse 8. And when, and when Hezekiah and the princes, I'm in chapter 31, verse 8, 2 Chronicles. And when Hezekiah and the princes came and saw the heaps, they blessed the Lord and his people, Israel. Then Hezekiah questioned with the priests and the Levites concerning the heaps, and Azariah, the chief priest of the house of Zadok, answered him and said, Since the people began to bring the offerings into the house of the Lord, we have had enough to eat. We have left plenty, for the Lord hath blessed his people. And that which is left is this great store. Then Hezekiah commanded to prepare chambers in the house of the Lord, and they prepared them. And he brought in the offerings and the tithes and the dedicated things faithfully, over which Conina and the Levite was ruler, and Shemaiah his brother was next. They saw great revival. And they saw Lord, the Lord move and things happening. Hezekiah. Hezekiah. Back to 2 Kings, chapter 18, if you would please. That's the first year of Hezekiah. But everything doesn't always just keep moving like you'd like it to. Because now we get to Hezekiah, 2 Kings, chapter 18. In verse 13, and we find Hezekiah here. Now, in the 14th year of King Hezekiah, did Sennacherib, king of Assyria, come up against all the fenced cities of Judah and took them. Now, Sennacherib and Assyria had already conquered Israel and the northern kingdom. 722. They were already gone. Israel was already under Assyrian rule with Sennacherib. Now Sennacherib is moving south. No doubt he wants to conquer the entire world. He's going to move south, take, take uh, Judah on down into Egypt, and just keep going. That's what, he, that's what he was after. And here we are, Hezekiah, done all these great things early. Now he's in the 14th year of his reign. By the way, he's going to find out that aside from God intervening, he's almost, he's almost off this earth anyway aside from God intervening, and God did intervene on his behalf. Gave him 15 more years. But he didn't know that here. And here comes Sennacherib. 
Verse 14, And Hezekiah king of Judah sent to the king of Assyria, to Lachish, saying, I have offended. So Hezekiah is going to try to bargain and plead. Return from me. That which thou puttest on me, I will, will I bear. And the king of Assyria appointed unto Hezekiah king of Judah 300 talents of silver and 30 talents of gold. And Hezekiah gave him all the silver that was found in the house of the Lord and in the treasures of his house. Now, I don't know, I don't know why Hezekiah caved in right here like this. I don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us. It doesn't tell us. He thought he could avert war. He didn't want to go to battle. He didn't think he had a strong enough army. I don't know. Lack of faith? I don't know. He had all this revival? I don't know. The Bible doesn't give us all that insight. It just tells us that when Sennacherib came and threatened, Hezekiah said, look, I'll pay you. Then Sennacherib took the money and still came back. There's a lesson there probably. At that time did Hezekiah cut off the gold from the doors of the temple of the Lord and from the pillars which Hezekiah king of Judah had overlain, and he gave it to the king of Assyria. Verse 17, And the king of Assyria sent Tartan and Rabsaris and Rabshekah from Lachish to king Hezekiah. So Sennacherib sends a little entourage down to Jerusalem. And they went up and came to Jerusalem, and when they came up, and when they were come up, excuse me, they came and stood by the conduit of the upper pool, which is in the highway of the fuller's field. And when they had called to the king, so they're standing right outside the walls of Jerusalem, and they're shouting for the king. Then came out to them Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, which was over the household, and Shebna, the scribe, and Joah, the son of Asaph, the recorder. So here's the entourage from Sennacherib, and Hezekiah sends out three men to talk to them. Now get this. And Rabshakeh said unto them, Speak ye now to Hezekiah. Thus saith the great king, Sennacherib, the king of Syria. What confidence is this wherein thou trustest? Thou sayest, but they are vain words, I have counsel and strength for war. Now on whom dost thou trust that thou rebellest against me? Now behold, thou trustest upon the staff of this brood reed, even upon Egypt, on which if a man lean, it will go into his hand and pierce it. So is Pharaoh king of Egypt unto all that trust on him. He's saying, you're going to go down south and find some help with Pharaoh? Are you serious? Verse 22. But if you say unto me, we trust in the Lord our God. Is not that he who highs, whose high places and whose altars Hezekiah taken away and has said to Judah and Jerusalem, you shall worship before this altar in Jerusalem? Now, therefore, I pray thee, give pledges to my lord, the king of Assyria, and I will deliver thee 2,000 horses, if thou be able on thy part to set riders upon them. He said, I'd give you 2,000 horses, but you don't even have people to ride them. And then, will thou turn away the face of one captain of the least of my master's servants and put thy trust on Egypt for chariots and for horsemen? He's saying, you don't have a chance, Hezekiah. Now get this next verse. This is, this is really interesting. Am I now come up without the Lord against this place to destroy it? The Lord said to me, go up against this land and destroy it. So now he says, look, the Lord sent me here to take you captive. Then said Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah and Shebna, and Joah, 
unto Rabshakeh. So here's, here's Hezekiah's entourage speaking back to them. Speak, I pray thee, to thy servants in the Syrian language, for we, under, for we understand it, and talk not with us in the Jews' language in the ears of the people that are on the wall. He said, look, we'll talk to you in, in Syrian, but don't talk in the Jewish language because I don't want them to hear what you're saying. <laughs> that really helped. Verse 27, but Rabshakeh said unto them, Hath my master sent me to thy master and to thee to speak these words? Hath he not sent me to the men which sit on the wall, that they may eat their own dung and drink their own piss with you? Then Rabshakeh stood and cried with a loud voice in the Jews' language and spake, saying, Hear the word of the great king. So he repeated everything that he just said, only louder. Hezekiah's got a mess on his hands. Look at verse 33, if you will, we'll skip down. Hath any of the gods of the nations delivered at all this land out of the hand of the king of Assyria? This is, this is them shouting at the men of, of uh, Jerusalem. Where are the gods of Hamath and of Arphad? Where are the gods of Sepharim and Hena and Iva? Have they delivered Samaria out of mine hand? The answer was no, they didn't. Samaria was worshiping all of these idols. And no, they didn't deliver them. Who are they among all the gods of the countries that have delivered their country out of mine hand, that the Lord should deliver Jerusalem out of mine hand? But the people held their peace and answered him not a word, for the king's commandment was saying, Answer him not. Then came Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, which was over the household, and Sheba the scribe, and Joel the son of Asaph, the recorder, to Hezekiah with their clothes rent. No doubt. Chapter 19, verse 1, And it came to pass, when the king Hezekiah heard it, that he rent his clothes and covered himself with sackcloth and went into the house of the Lord. And he sent Eliakim, which was over the household, and Shebna the scribe and the elders of the priests, covered with sackcloth, to Isaiah. Yes, Isaiah the prophet. Same time. The son of Amos. And they said unto him, Thus saith Hezekiah, Now mark this, This is a day of trouble and of rebuke and blasphemy. For the children have come to the birth, and there is not enough, not strength to bring forth. In verse 6 and verse 7, you hear Isaiah's answer. And Isaiah said unto them, Thus shall you say to your master, Thus saith the Lord, Be not afraid of the words which thou hast heard, with which the servants of the king of Assyria have blasphemed me. Behold, I will send a blast upon him, and he shall hear a rumor, and shall return to his own land, and I will cause him to fall by the sword in his own land. So Hezekiah got good news from Isaiah. Isaiah said, I've prayed. Here's what God said. You can read verse 8 through 13 on your own time. We get back over to verse 14, if you will. We'll move quickly. Hezekiah, still under the threat of Sennacherib, still under the threat, and he receives another letter at the hand of the messengers and read it. This time, Hezekiah went up into the house of the Lord himself. More urgent. And he prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord God of Israel, which dwells between the cherubims, thou art the God, even thou alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth. Thou hast made heaven and earth. Lord, bow down thine ear and hear. Open, Lord. Can you hear his pleading for his people? It's a day of trouble. Now, therefore, O Lord, verse 19, I beseech thee, save thou us out of his hand. Here's the answer that God sends back through Isaiah. 
Verse 20, verse 20. Then Isaiah the son of Amos sent to Hezekiah, saying, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, That which thou hast prayed to me against Sennacherib, king of Assyria, I have heard. God hears and answers prayer. God says, I have heard. This is the word that the Lord has spoken concerning him. I don't have time to read all this, but I'm going to. I'll cheat something else later because you've got to get this answer. The virgin, the daughter of Zion, hath despised thee and laughed thee to scorn. The daughter of Jerusalem hath shaken her head at thee. Whom hast thou reproached and blasphemed? This is God's answer to Sennacherib. And against whom hast thou exalted thy voice and lifted up thine eyes on high, even against the Holy One of Israel? By thy messengers thou hast reproached the Lord, and, thou hast, and hast said, With the multitude of my chariots I am come up to the height of mountains, to the sides of Lebanon, and will cut down the tall cedar trees thereof, and the choice fir trees thereof. And I went into the lodging of his borders, and into the forest of his Carmel. And I have digged and drunk strange waters, and with the sole of my feet I have dried up all the rivers of besieged places. God's saying this to Sennacherib. This is what you said you're going to do, Sennacherib. I heard it. I heard it. This is what you said you're going to do. Hast thou not heard long ago how I have done it and of ancient times that I have formed it? This sounds a little bit like when God was talking to Job, doesn't it? Now have I brought it to pass that thou shouldest be to lay waste fenced cities and to ruinous heap. You think I'm going to let you take this city? Therefore their inhabitants were of small power. They were dismayed and confounded. They were as the grass of the field and as the green herb and as the grass on the housetop and as the corn blasted, blasted before it be grown up. Look at verse 29, excuse me. Because thy rage against me and thy tumult has come up into mine ears, therefore I will put my hook in thy nose and my bridle in thy lips, and I will turn thee back by the way which thou camest. I wrote inside, beside my Bible right there, the heart of the kings is in the hand of the Lord as the rivers of water he turneth it whithersoever he will. God is in control. And God said to him, you've intimidated these people, my people, Jerusalem. They're frightened. They're afraid. They don't have an army. But I'm going to take care of them. That's coming. The zeal, verse 31, for out of Jerusalem shall go forth a remnant, and they that escape out of the Mount of Zion, the zeal of the Lord of hosts shall do this. Verse 34, Mark it, for I will defend this city to save it for mine own sake and for my servant David's sake. Verse 35, here you go. And it came to pass that night, that night, that the angel of the Lord went out and smote in the camp of the Assyrians. Do you get this number right here? 185,000. That's a lot. No wonder Jerusalem was scared. No wonder. 185,000. 104 score and 5,000. And when they arose early in the morning, behold, they were all dead corpses. <laughs> Funny verse. Can't check the antecedent there. But God did it. God did it. Seven minutes. Here you go. You ready? The outline is more simple than the quiz. So I'm reading through my chronological Bible. 
I've never read through the Bible chronologically till this year. And I'm reading through it. And I get to the Kings, so I'm reading 2 Kings 19. And I'm ready to head to 2 Kings 20. And I look and see what's coming next. And it's not 2 Kings 20. You know what comes up next? Psalm 46. Psalm 46. Look at Psalm 46. Look at Psalm 46. Now, if you study Psalm 46, and we've studied Psalm 46. As a matter of fact, I have a, I have a, a good outline from Psalm 46 in my Bible. But beside it, it says SH. That stands for Scott Hooks. <laughs> And I have the date written right here. And if I'd known he wasn't going to be here, I would have just used this one. <laughs> but I didn't know that until it was too late. So we've been in Psalm 46. Matter of fact, I've heard him, I've heard him our pastor, out of Psalm 46 more than once. But Psalm 46. And some people think, depending on who you read, it really doesn't matter because it applies, but that this was written during the time of Sennacherib's siege of Jerusalem. Psalm 46. Hold it. It's in three very simple parts. You ready? Three very simple parts. Number one, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Hold it a minute. Remember 2 Kings chapter 19 and verse 3, and Hezekiah said, this day is a day of trouble. This day is a day of trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried to the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. Selah. The Lord is my refuge. Here's point number one. The Lord is my refuge. Call on Him in trouble. Call on Him in trouble. That's what Hezekiah did. Number two. Look at verse 4. There is a river, the streams whereof make glad the city of God. Now, I don't know what river this is talking about right here. You find, two, you find a number of things. Some people say it might have been uh, the Jordan River. That's about 20 miles from Jerusalem. Probably not. Some people think it may refer to the river, the sanctuary in Ezekiel. Maybe. Some maybe in Revelation 22, the river in the new paradise. Maybe. But I think maybe, because I'm a theologian, I think just maybe it refers to the river that Hezekiah diverted from the spring under the city of David through Hezekiah's tunnel, 1,750 feet through solid rock so that the people in Jerusalem had water during the siege. I don't know, but I've been in that tunnel. They started on one, they started on both sides of the mountain and dug through it and met in the middle. That's a miracle. And got the water from the outside so Sennacherib couldn't have it to the inside so Israel could have it. Jerusalem could have it. Maybe it's that river. Maybe there's a river the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God. The holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. Number two, the Lord is my refuge. Rejoice in his presence. 2 Kings chapter 19, verse 34. Remember this verse? For I will defend this city to save it for mine own sake and for my servant David's sake. God's presence. Call on him in trouble. That's what Sennacherib did. Rejoice in his presence. He's present. Remember he said, Christ said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. That's the presence of God. 
If God be for us, who can be against us? Romans chapter 8. That same God. The same God that slew 185,000 without one man in Jerusalem raising a sword. They didn't have to march around the walls and blow the trumpet. God just did it. He just did it. Number three. Look at verse eight. Come and behold the works of the Lord, what desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. See, the point number three. The Lord is my refuge. Rest in his promises. Rest in his promise. That's it. Now, I'm reading through 2 Kings 19. I read this fabulous story about Hezekiah. I thought, wow, wow, wow. God, God kills 185,000 people just like that. And then shoots me over to Psalm 46. And after every part right there, the Lord is my refuge. Stop and think about this. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Stop and think about that. Be still and know that I'm God. I will be exalted. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Stop and think about that. And I say to me, because I get a little flustered sometimes. I get a little overwhelmed sometimes. Not every morning do I wake up thinking, I cannot wait to get out of this bed and get going. Many mornings, but not every morning. Because sometimes the cares and the things with which I think I have to deal, I just think. And everybody's at a different, you know, my I know there's always somebody worse, always somebody better. I get that. But the fact is we all have real difficulties. And God is faithful. So whether they're my small problems, and my problems are small, or whether they're monumental, life-threatening problems, God is still in control. And He knows. And as surely as He killed 185,000 people to spare His people in Jerusalem, then He's going to take care, and he's going to take care of you and He's going to take care of me. Isn't that a blessing? Thank you for listening. We pray that God has used His Word to speak to you today. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit us online at tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. There, you'll find additional information about our church, opportunities to partner with us financially, as well as other resources that we hope can be a help to you. May God bless you, and thank you once again for listening.